Pitaya. Hi everyone, I'm Jenny and this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Okay, so I am stoked because I am talking to, interviewing my very best friend in the whole wide world, a tiny little leche, Carla Guerra Jimenez. <laughs> I love your intro. That was a that was a legit intro. I appreciate it. Do you want to tell people <laughs> why why little leche? I had a feeling you were gonna go for that. Okay, so Jenny and I have been best friends for how long now? It's this is both of us having like math issues <laughs> over a decade yeah over a decade for sure yeah but when jenny and i first like started becoming close um i don't even know how it happened were we just showing each other cute a- animal pictures yes or something as we always do yeah we were showing each other like cute like animal pictures or memes or something like i can't remember exactly but the whole point is um <laughs> At one point, I showed her, like, a picture of this, like, baby otter, and (laughs) Jenny just yells at the top of her lungs. She's like, I want to feed it leche! And ever (laughs) since then, for some reason, we just called each other leche, and it just, it, like, literally, it is to the point now where if you call me Carla... It is weird to me. It's like it's like a mom using their kid's full name and it's yeah. like what did I do? <laughs> yeah, it is it is legitimately bizarre. Like there's been a few times that you've like had to call me Carla and I'm like, what did you say? Usually <laughs> usually it's like when it's really intense chisme. Yeah. And then I do use your name. I'm like yeah. Carla. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the only time it's acceptable but other than that it's like it's like I personally get offended I'm like what did you say what did you call me <laughs> I don't know if you get the same way but it's it's no, kind of like it that same weird ill mm-hmm. like if you call me Jenny that's very bizarre yeah yeah it's it's weird it's like hey leche hey lech little lech little yeah. leche and like, we have different variations lecheritas yeah. um and so, yeah, I thought for, I have to, I have to tell people because mm-hmm. it's so bizarre, but I'm sure other people can relate. Like, do you have, this is asking the audience, like, do you guys give your best friends weird nicknames? <laughs> they probably do. Um, that has you know? to be. Yeah. I, we can't be the only ones that have like a weird nickname. Like, unfortunately, our nickname also like doubles for something like really dirty. So it's just <laughs> one of those things. We get eye rolls literally all the all the time. <laughs> yes, because they just it's such a deep cut. And they're like, yeah. ew, are they why are they say? Yeah, that? that's so gross. Um, and it's hila- even more hilarious considering we're both vegan. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> what? Are we going to start calling each other vegan leche le- now? Pero mira, pero they don't know. Soy leche. We don't specify the kind of leche. Yeah. It could be oat leche. Yeah, right? Almond leche. What kind of vegan milk do you drink? I need to know. I drink oat milk. Okay, I do too. Team oat milk. 
Okay. Yay. So we're oat leche now. How do you say oat in Spanish? Or would that be avena? Ew, avena? Doesn't that mean avein? <laughs> no. This is how this is how you know a Colombian has entered the chat, by the way. Um, <laughs> because like oatmeal and like there's kind of like this oatmeal drink in Colombia called avena. And, and I think that's what we call oatmeal too, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, it's avena literally means like an oat drink an oat milk drink i guess um oh. but it's sweet so i may just start calling you avena i i, I just learned something new because if someone's like hey do you want some avena i'm like am i a vampire like yeah. <laughs> are you offering me a single vein um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no it is not anything to do with that it is yeah see Leche de avena. Leche de avena. Yeah. Now you learn oh. something new. If you go to my motherland, if you go to Colombia or whatever, and you want oat milk, just, yeah, leche de avena. There you go. You know, let's see if they're up with the uh, vegan times. Yep. So I'm like, so leche, can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> can you tell our audience about yourself, your background, about your different living? Okay, do you want to throw it back to, like, my birth and all that? Or do you just want, like, a short, like, I want the whole dramatic story. Um, why don't you can talk about just, like, maybe, you know, coming from Miami and stuff. and Gotcha. And being okay. Colombian and, and then, like, what you do now, like, where you work. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, my name is Carla, not Leche, contrary to popular belief. Um and I am from Miami. Uh, my background is I am half Colombian, half Honduran. Um, but I grew up mostly with my the Colombian side of my family. So while I have like a healthy love for Honduran culture, I grew up with my dad and my dad's side of the family. So um, yeah, I am I naturally know more about Colombian culture than I do, sadly about Honduran culture, but I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to learn a little bit more and I'm just asking people and just trying to learn. But anyways, point being, um, yeah, from Miami, um, my entire family still lives there. Uh, that's where Jenny and I met uh, once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, uh, so what I do for a living, my career is in the video game industry. I am a producer, uh, started out as a web and marketing arts producer in the video game industry. And now I am a marketing slash publishing producer. Um, so I work simultaneously on two games and I'm thankful enough to have a career in something I'm very passionate about because I've always been super passionate about video games. I, I clearly love video games. <laughs> um, so just very fortunate enough to have carved a path out for myself career-wise um, in the industry. So yeah, that's just a little short and sweet little bio. Well, your your story, Leche, is so inspiring. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep laughing internally every time I call you Leche on this like, I know. podcast. But you know, I don't care. Um, <laughs> so Leche, so your your story is incredibly inspiring. I always use your story and how you got to this point in your career because you know a lot of folks tend to get stuck on like, well, I didn't go to college and didn't I didn't didn't get this specific degree or I didn't, you know. 
or I'm not gonna apply to this job because all the credentials look really scary and I can't apply because I just don't qualify. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of those job listings, I mean, are, are yeah. sometimes a little a little over the top. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. And it really deters people from applying because they're like, well, I don't have X amount of years uh, of experience under my belt or, you know, people come up with all these reasons and I tell them, you don't understand. And, and I tell them your story. So I would love for you to share your story of, you know, you moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I did. And what happens? <laughs> and what happens? Um, <laughs> so I, I, I will preface it a little bit by just giving like some of my background. So people realize like wow. I just legitimately did not have a background in this at all. Um, so growing up, it had always been obviously a dream to be in the video game industry. You know, I grew up playing video games. That's what I wanted to inherently do. Um, and when I was still living in Miami around the time that I met Jenny, I was doing a lot of like I had dropped out of college. I actually don't have a college degree, believe it or not. Um, so I had dropped out of college at that point and I knew that I wanted to do something with like gaming media. Um, and so at that point, I basically decided to start doing like a lot of gaming content on my own. Um, I have like a really huge passion for specifically for indie games. So at the time I was doing like indie game reviews and commentary and stuff like that. So for a few years there, um, I had my own YouTube channel and I was just pretty much just trying to build there. I also wrote for like a few different like independent type publications as well during those years. Um, but never really had a career, you know, like, you know, Jenny, I, I, you know, I wasn't working in the industry or anything like that. I was working like at call centers and stuff. <laughs> I remember picking you up from, from the call yeah, center, but that was real. like, that was our twenties. And you know, we were yep. all like working multiple jobs while like having, while making YouTube content. Yep. Like looking back on those years, I remember being like, so upset at the time and so like depressed and it's like oh my gosh I'm not doing what I really want to do and what I you know what I really like have a passion for but looking back on those years it was like man that really built like a lot of fortitude you know mm -hmm. it really strengthened me at the time and at the time that I was doing like a lot of this content it was more so like as a hobby I never actually thought that anything would come out of it at all but anyways fast forward to leaving Miami, I moved away from Miami um, in 2016, and I moved out to California. Um, I was in Sacramento for a couple of months and kind of still struggling to get industry-related work at the time, but that's where I actually got my first job in the industry. Mm -hmm. I worked for a very, very small indie game studio called Skirmish Entertainment at the time. And I mean, when I say it was a small studio, it was like we had 10 employees or something like that. It wasn't a large studio at all. And it, they were lucky enough to take a gamble. <laughs> well, not they were lucky. <laughs> I was lucky enough that they took a gamble on me. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up doing a lot of like social media management for them and stuff like that. But because it was like such a young studio and the schedule wasn't really 100% set, it just kind of, you know, fizzled out. And my contract with them, you know, kind of ended at that point. But I moved down to L.A., and uh, I got to see Jenny a lot more because <laughs> she lived like 20, 30 minutes away. Mm -hmm. um, and I started working uh, basically any kind of job that I could. Um, most notably, I worked with Nesquik on their brand promotional team. Yep. So I got 
I got to be the Nesquik bunny on a few occasions and hand people <laughs> chocolate milk. I was slinging chocolate milk on the streets of LA. <laughs> I love how like that's a rite of passage for our entire friend group because it is. <laughs> I did it. David, David, my husband, aka yep. your cousin, but not really. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> did that's it. a whole other story. <laughs> that's a whole other story. Uh, a bunch. My my brother in law did it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like I just find that so funny. Yeah, yeah, le- legitimately is a rite of passage to have like donned that bunny suit. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's basically what I was doing out in LA um and eventually decided to move out to Atlanta, Georgia. It was supposed to be super temporary, by the way. I was only supposed to stay in Atlanta for 3 months and um my boyfriend and I were supposed to move down back down to Florida. And on a whim, I decided to apply to a video game studio out here called Hyro Studios and did not think I was at all qualified for the position that I applied for and I probably wasn't qualified, to be honest, but decided to apply anyways. And they called me back. And uh, I think the primary reason they did is because I had all of those years of background of doing gaming commentary, you know, doing my own uh, YouTube videos, you know, uh, writing for different publications, you know. And so that's something I try to tell like a lot of people, like even if you don't, even if you aren't qualified for the position, it's still always worth putting like your hat in the ring Mm -hmm. just because you never know. And a lot of, you know, what people fail to realize is that real people make up these companies, you know? Yeah. You obviously want somebody who's going to be qualified for the position, but a lot of times it's also just, if you have the passion and the drive for it, I think that comes across. And it's, like I said, it's always worth kind of throwing your hat in the ring there. So thankfully they, you know, took a chance on me and I've been at high res now for what, four years? It's four years. It's crazy to me. That's insane. (laughs) It is insane. You you just need that one person to take a chance on you, you know? And that's mm-hmm. what I do want to kind of emphasize too, is it's not like that is the first studio I applied for. No, I applied to so many studios throughout the years, everywhere I went. So it was like rejection letter after rejection letter, you know? But you mm-hmm. you just need that one person who's going to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that lands me to where I am today. No college degree, no formal education, just literally like my sheer drive to to kind of forge a path for myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be more incredible if you knew absolutely nothing about video games, but then at the same yeah. time, why would you want this job? Exactly. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. It's like me it's like me working at ESPN Sports. Yep. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm like, I would be, I would be so depressed. Um, <laughs> I could not even imagine. I really couldn't imagine. I, though, yeah. Oh yeah. That was a, uh, it was funny. Cause I was, I was just at D23 working for the Disney plus show that I host for. And one of the things they had us do was they had us like take a photo at the ESPN plus booth. Cause as uh-huh. you know, Disney also owns ESPN. So yeah. uh, it was funny. Cause me and Andre, again, two people who know nothing of sports, are in line to take this photo just for the video that we were shooting. And this one lady that worked for ESPN, she goes, hey, you guys want to be on, on our main stage and do a do a sports quiz? Oh. And and <laughs> I don't think she knew who we, she didn't know who we were. Like, I don't think yeah. she realized we were in line because we were filming this thing. So me and Andrea are like, no thanks. 
we're the worst <laughs> people for this for that. And she goes, but you're standing in the ESPN line. I felt like such a poser. <laughs> oh, man. I, can I just say I would have paid to see you and Andre on that. I would love to see you guys do that. <laughs> that would have been a nightmare. I would have just said Dwayne Wade for everything and just screamed 305. <laughs> Dwayne Wade. For no reason. Um, 305. 305. <laughs> go heat, go heat. Let's go. Like every every single every single thing. The you are like Miami, my lane. And that's it. Um, I would just shout all the Florida uh, Miami teams. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, th- that's why it's, this is so freaking incredible. And can you tell our audience what it is that you do specifically? Like explain to everyone what a marketing producer for all these games, because I know you do more than one. So I know it's a yeah. lot. Because I've been at your house, (laughs) I've been to your place a couple times this year, and I've seen you work, and I see... uh, You see me disappear into my office for hours. I see you disassociate and (laughs) come come down to the kitchen wearing a blanket over your head and... (laughs) Steal a handful of cereal and go back upstairs. And then run back It's just, it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of coordinating and a lot of people who want to get into the gaming industry, especially POC. Mm -hmm. I, I want them to know like what, what positions are even out there? Because I think, uh, this is just something that people aren't aware of that, and they're not taught of what the possibilities are. So can you give us a little rundown? Yeah, the, the video game industry is something that was really surprising to me um, coming into it, even though obviously I've had a passion for it my entire life. I believe I know I knew more about it, like even before I started at high res than I think the average person probably would have known. But um, just really surprising to me because there is so there are so many people that are involved in the video game production pipeline that it's just wild to me. Mm-hmm. I can go into a little bit about what I do and then kind of funnel into different areas. Yeah. But what I do as a marketing producer, um, <laughs> anytime I get asked this question, it's always <laughs> it's always fun to explain it because I make sure the work gets done. <laughs> that's that's literally what my job entails. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of interfacing with like different partners um, and our different platforms. So I'm constantly in meetings with like Xbox or PlayStation, um, Epic Game Store, Steam, all these platforms that our games are featured on. Basically, I'm interfacing with them, getting them assets and copy and things that are needed. Specifically for our games, they're live service games. So... It's not like for us, we just put out one game at like a $60 price point and then that, you know, for the next two or three years, you know, we kind of work on another game. Hmm. It's, it's like a, it's like a constant (laughs) churn. So we have updates every, every other month or so, every six to eight weeks. So we're constantly putting content out every six to eight weeks. And I need to make sure that it is marketed in the way that it, that we need for it to be marketed. Um, So a lot of it is uh, kind of getting different departments within our studio on track. So our Mm. video teams, our art teams. It's a lot of wrangling. It is. It really is. It's like like you're a little leche sheepdog and you're (laughs) just running around. A hundred percent. You're like, come here. Except you have very strict like deadlines by which all of this stuff needs to be done. 
I love my job. I don't want anybody to think that I don't. I love my job. But it is very much like stress all the time and just kind of (laughs) making sure that everything is orchestrated perfectly until, you know, patch day, which I literally call the birthing day because it feels like I've been carrying a child for nine months and now it is out in the, in you know, in, in the wild. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's what I personally do. But something I think is really important for a lot of people to know is um, there's a lot of different uh, career paths within the video game industry, things you wouldn't even begin to think about. Like what? For me, I'm obviously a producer. So if you have really good organizational skills, uh, if you're really like talking to people and you're a really good communicator and a really clear communicator, you would do really well in a producer role. But there's also, you know, HR is obviously a department within the video game industry that a lot of people don't think about. We do have legal teams. So if you have like a legal background, Mm. that's a really important thing that goes into it, especially when you're working with uh, intellectual properties and in in entertainment. Mm. There's a lot of things that kind of have to be sifted through. Um, So legal is super important. Uh, There's localization teams, which are super important. So... Obviously, when you put out a video game, right, you're not just expecting everybody to know English or know the language that you're putting out your video game in. So you have localization teams that will literally um, translate the game into however many amount of languages uh, the video game actually supports. So that is literally everything inside of the game, the menu, uh, any voice lines that there might be, there's... There's localization for everything. There's localization for web pages. There's localization for marketing. (laughs) Oh my God. So if you, if you're bilingual, if you're, you know, know English and Spanish really well, and I'm not just talking about Spanish, like conversational Spanish, I'm talking, you have to know how to translate stuff like battle pass. How would you translate a battle pass? How, how, how do you say that in Spanish? (laughs) Right? <laughs> Un pasaje de batalla. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like, it's, it, it's really, it's, it's things that when I first got into the industry, you know, people would ask me, oh, hey, can you translate this for me? And I'm like, yeah, I absolutely can. I'm fluent. But then you take a look at it and because it's like, oh, get your, get your new armor for the battle pass. I'm like, how do you even translate that? Oh, yeah. How? And you have to make it sound, it, it, you know, you can't yeah. always do like a direct translation. Yeah. Because that's too literal and sometimes makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I say all that to say there's a bunch of different roles within the industry mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you wouldn't normally think of. There's artists, obviously. There's animators. There's riggers. There's... Um, audio. <laughs> our, our audio team is super, super important you know like they not only like mix the audio that we use for like our voice lines you know but we also have like a foley room you know and we need to like mix like the different sounds for uh you know different elements inside of our video games i mean the list goes on and on if you are ever curious and you look at the careers page of a video game studio it's Mm. like hundreds of jobs that you wouldn't even normally begin to think of and a lot of them, even though a college degree is preferred, it's not always 100% for 
required as long Mm -hmm. as you have the experience. Yeah. And, you know, you being a Latina, I want to talk about the importance of that in this space, because like many spaces, (laughs) they have been very white for a very long time. (laughs) And, um, you know, me as like a voice actor, I'm like, damn, I'm glad I, I became a voice actor when I did, because like maybe six years ago, this wouldn't have been possible because it was the same five white voice actors voicing everybody and every ethnicity under the sun. And now for the first time, Latinos and queer folks yeah. and, and black people and Asian people are finally getting to voice their own damn ethnicities and nationalities because people are starting to, uh, I mean, a little too late, but you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. Um, starting to <laughs> give a damn. And so the same applies to representation in video games. I would love to talk to you about Betty La Bomba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Because I know that was a really big deal across the board. It was a really big deal to you. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us about this lovely new character? So I am the marketing producer for a game called Paladins. And Hi-Rez in general obviously wants to create a little bit more diversity within their games. You know, that's that that's something that we that we strive to do in our games. Um, but I was very proud <laughs> of a character that came out recently earlier this year. Her name is Betty La Bomba, um, and proud of her for she breaks the boundaries in so many ways, <laughs> so many good ways. Because not <laughs> only is she um, the first Afro Latina. Um, in our game, um, I think in our studio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but she is also uh, super body positive. She is thick in all the right places. <laughs> and if you go online, if you go on Twitter and you look up Betty La Bomba, our players are some of the most thirsty players for her, like ever. <laughs> The reception to her when her cinematic teaser came out was just like, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was great. Super thirsty. Um, But yeah, she was just a a breath of fresh air. I think I would like to think not only within our studio, but just in the industry as a whole. Um, And I was lucky enough to kind of influence that a little bit. Um, I, I won't say I was the sole person behind her design or anything like that, but it was really cool that I was able to really give my input on, um, you know, while we were creating her, you know, and really wanted her to feel authentic. Um, and even, even though there were certain areas that were a little bit of a struggle to me because I myself, even though I'm a Latina, I'm not an Afro Latina, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I really strive to make sure that our voice actress was Afro Latina. So she is voiced by an Afro Latina voice actress and was able to kind of influence her voice lines um, and kind of vet them and, uh, you know, let our designers know like, hey, no, this isn't something that a Latina would say, you know, mm-hmm. and like, this is too literal of a phrase, or this sounds not exactly right. Um, but yeah, she was, she came out in March, I believe. 
and yeah, she's she's just been super super beloved. I loved the the reception. That's a whole other thing too. Is you can really love a character, and the entire team was so excited about her and was so excited to create her. But it's like what you don't know how people are going to react to her until yeah, you know, until <laughs> you kind of put her out there. Um, but I'm 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 super super pleased and super glad with how loved she is that's something that I was able to have at least some bit of a small influence on and it was a really important milestone for me um in my in my career I think was probably one of the biggest highlights of my career I mean yeah that's something I would definitely brag about Mm -hmm. (laughs) like forever (laughs) and always and and that you know you did it for the right reasons you didn't do it for because I know there, uh, you know, I know there's people out there that utilize la cultura for the wrong mm-hmm. reasons, and it's because it's what's in. Yeah. Um, but I know that is not you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've always been very passionate about representation in media and film, television, video games. So the fact that you're in there is a huge deal. And I hope that more and more video game companies follow suit in that and realize mm-hmm. how important it is to have people internally representing various backgrounds yeah. for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. I also want to emphasize how important it is to have people from diverse backgrounds within you know, video game studios, and I'm sure this applies even outside of the video game industry. Um, But I want to emphasize how important it is, because it's important to have a presence in the room, right? Because, you know, there are there are a lot of well meaning uh, studios and well meaning, you know, people who want to create more diversity and more representation, you know, and their hearts might be in the right place. But because they there is nobody representative of different ethnicities in the room, the representation isn't exactly right, you know, or the yeah. note or mark is missed, you know. So it's important to take up space <laughs> and to actually be present in rooms uh, where a lot of this stuff is being discussed. And it's important to speak up, too, if you see something that isn't quite right, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I will always say that high res has, you know, they really, really strive to be diverse and they really realize the importance of having uh, diversity in their games, you know, but it takes people of different <laughs> ethnicities to kind of make sure that it is authentic and that it comes from the right place and that it is appreciation and not appropriation, you know, that yes. that line is very thin, so... That was so well stated, and I'm glad it is out there in the universe. Uh, my God, I'm just like, please! The amount of times that I have dealt with people misunderstanding us as a whole, mm-hmm. I just think, truthfully, across the board in every form of media, Latinos are probably one of the most severely misunderstood groups of people. Oh, absolutely. How many, I I am sure, I am sure like any Latino out there has experienced the whole, do you speak Mexican? (laughs) People think we're lying, but it's very real. It is, oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh my god. And obviously, Mexican culture is beautiful. I do not take any kind of offense of being mistaken with Mexican or being mis—I've been mistaken for—I'm, I—I have the both the gift and the curse of looking very ethnically ambiguous. Very ethnically ambiguous. So I have been mistaken for every ethnicity under the sun, and I'm never offended when that happens in the sense of. All of those mm-hmm. cultures are super beautiful. You're going to tell me I look Indian? That is super rad. I love that culture. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the re- the reason I do get offended isn't because I'm being likened to a different culture. It's because of the assumption, you know? Um, yes. It, it feels very disrespectful to just assume that somebody is a certain culture, you know, it's like you, you wouldn't naturally do that to any, you know, to anybody who looked white. It's like, Oh, Hey, do you speak British? <laughs> you know, or something. <laughs> like, like, did you come on the Mayflower? Yeah, like, I don't know. Exactly. Like, I, just, I just can't, I just, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you like mayonnaise? Um, a lot. Uh, (laughs) or like some Uh, weird like german accent but i can't i can't replicate that in any way not that my british one was any any better (laughs) (laughs) i say this aloud for people to be educated to learn people that are interested in working in video games people that may work at, at a major company and they are currently having these internal discussions about diversity and inclusion only because again, I've been met with so much disingenuity mm-hmm. around that. Que me cae mal, you know, I'm yeah. like, do you really care? Like, so, you know, I'm like, um, I just, I just feel like people throw that term around como si yeah. like diversity and inclusion. I'm like, Bill, you don't even know where like Guatemala is like, sit down, please. Um, <laughs> Like, and that's the thing. It's, it's so, it's so important. It's just like TV shows, right? Where it's like a lot of networks are like, okay, we have the one show. That's all we need. And it's like, no bitch. Like a a Dominican show is not going to be the same as a Colombian show. Like, you know, God damn it. So la misma cosa in terms of hiring your employees, just because you have the one Latino in there, the one person of color, like, no, sorry, don't pat yourself on the back. You need to hire like 20 to 100 more. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Folks from different backgrounds. And, you know, you're going to have your Mexican employee. You're going to have your Colombian employee. You're going to have a Cuban employee. They're going to all have different opinions. And they're going to all bring something really awesome to the table. Yep. I just say all this to say, it's like, yeah, don't bunch us up in one little box. Because because of people like you and others at high res Betty La Bomba, is this very unique character because again, as a voice actor, a lot of video games that I audition for, the characters are always Mexican. Yep. And then they want me to do the uh, neutral Mexican accent. And I'm like, I'm Caribbean. Why can't this character be Caribbean? Yeah. And again, it, it, some, some video games have a specific storyline and the character has to be Mexican for narrative reasons. And that mm-hmm. makes sense. But sometimes it'll be just like this generic Latina character. Yeah. And they just automatically assign Mexican accent. And I'm like, but why? Yeah. So that's, that's why there needs to be more folks internally. Because if not, these freaking white people, bro, they're going to always default on the only thing they know. And again, nothing against Mexican culture. But it, 
even if I was Mexican, I'd be insulted because I'd be like, damn, y'all, like, I don't yeah. want everyone to associate my culture with everyone else's culture. Like, I have my own unique culture. Like, yep. what is this? And I do think a lot of it comes from not necessarily like, uh, like, like, like a place from like Maldad, Malicia, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think the intent is probably in a good place, you know, like, uh, they, they want more diversity, you know, but if, I mean, if, if they don't know, they don't know, you know, so it's, it, that's why it's important to have very diverse employees, you know, to kind of inform them, you know, and, and that's why, like I said, it's, it's super important to speak up and uh, actually let your opinions be known and kind of speak up when you see something that isn't authentic or whatnot, you know. Well, the video game industry as a whole is blessed, hashtag blessed, um, <laughs> to have yeah. Carla Little Leche, Guerra Jimenez. Get working for them. <laughs> you have such an <laughs> epic name. Oh, God. <laughs> get Don't even get me started on it. It's okay, like, I, I know. I know. You have a whole... <laughs> Don't even get me started on it. I, I, I love my name, but it is both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people can relate because once again... This is hyphenated, and a lot of people yeah. have multi-hyphenated last names. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Little Leche, for of being course, with us today. Leche. I know you're on the socials of, of medias. Can, can you tell everyone where to find you? Yes. Lately, I have been uh, on TikTok a lot, believe it or not. So I am Carlita on TikTok. That's K-A-R-L three three t a and on twitter i am high res carlita spelled the same way and on instagram i am 16 bit carlita spelled the same way love this those are my socials for yeah. all of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank you little leche of course i am glad to have to have been here <laughs> 